Welcome everyone to Two Brain Radio. It is our mission at Two Brain to provide 1 million entrepreneurs the freedom to live the life that they choose. Join us every week as we discover the very best practices to achieve perfect day and move you closer to wealth. This episode is brought to you by Healthy Steps Nutrition. I first met Nicole over a year ago when one of my favorite CrossFit affiliates introduced me to her because Nicole was helping them, Sam Broom and Shankle at CrossFit Port Orange, start a nutrition program in her box. And that conversation turned into something larger. A year later, Nicole has a fantastic bolt-on nutrition program that you can add to your box anywhere in the world. So if you're thinking, I need to start presenting better nutrition information to my clients, or I need a new revenue stream, or I want to know more about nutrition, but I don't know where to get started, Healthy Steps has that. What they're going to do is put you, or one of your coaches even better, through a course, get them qualified to start teaching nutrition, then they're going to add you to a private Facebook group. They're going to give you a rollout so that you can do a nutrition challenge at your gym, which more than pays for the cost of enrolling them in the course, and then provide an ongoing mentorship program for your nutrition program so that you can continue to run things for your clients, like a nutrition accountability plan every month like we do at Catalyst. Nicole is a fantastic person, and after launching Healthy Steps Nutrition online, she actually opened up her own box. She's working with some massive clients, including some big, big school boards across the country now, and she's in a great position to actually change people's lives with nutrition. You can be a conduit for that. Your clients need nutrition advice and counseling. Healthy Steps is the best possible solution to this. It's bolt-on. You can take a coach who's passionate about nutrition and give them the help they need to start a program overseen by a registered dietitian, Nicole Marchand. Healthy Steps Nutrition is a proud sponsor of Two Brain, and I am so glad to have them. Nicole will be speaking at our summit in Chicago. You do not want to miss her. Hey guys, happy Monday. I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend here. I've still got a uh, snowbank that's higher than me out there, probably about eight feet. And today we're going to talk about all the ways that affiliate owners sabotage yourself themselves. And the reason that we want to start talking about this, number one, is to make you feel good that you're dodging a lot of these potholes, hopefully. But also because if you are making any of these mistakes, which many of us have made in the past, uh, I want to make sure that you're dodging them now. So the first way that I'm sabotaging myself is to have a tangled up headphone cord here and a coffee cup that's about four feet away. So you got to make sure that coffee is always within reach. That is going to be lesson one. The first thing, guys, is the biggest thing that is sabotaging most gyms right now is the entrepreneur themselves. And really, no matter what phase of entrepreneurship you're in, this is always going to be the biggest problem. In many, many, many businesses that have a great idea, a great concept, or even a great team, it's very possible for the whole thing to get torpedoed because the leadership hasn't risen to the level of the business's potential. And so in many cases, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the entrepreneur and I want you to ask yourself, like, am I really the problem here? It's especially true in CrossFit gyms and CrossFit is just such an interesting case study. And I think that at like management schools for the next 30 years, it's going to be used as an example because what you have here is like a very big, compelling kind of scary brand that went from zero to worldwide in, you know, 15 years and it's mostly run and dictated and controlled by first-time entrepreneurs. And so when the brand started, 
you know, there were a few hundred gyms, maybe a couple of thousand gyms. We were all kind of making these, these same mistakes. And now 10 years, 15 years later, for most of us, we're not making those mistakes anymore, but we are still making some big mistakes. So I am grateful that the conversation is leveled up and we're making new mistakes instead of repeating the mistakes that we fixed in 2007. But a lot of these mistakes really come back to mindset and you're going to recognize some of them yourself. This morning, when I posted that we were going to be talking about this, a lot of you made some jokes and, and you shared some mistakes that you made and some of them were super, super funny. But for most of them, we all kind of went, oh yeah, I've done that one. You know, Ben, especially, man, I, I quoted you in an article that's coming out on Wednesday. So we're going to treat this with a little bit of humor. All right. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's made at least one of these mistakes in the past. I think I've made all of them. And if you have made an especially hilarious mistake that you were so convinced was the right thing to do at the time, but now you're like, oh, like facepalm, by all means, share it in the comments. Okay. And we'll all, we'll all get a good chuckle together here. So the first thing that people are still doing in, in a lot of gyms is displaying prices without context. So a client comes into your gym or, or maybe they're even on your website and what they see is this big buffet pricing. Okay. So there's like 12 to 15 different options and some places are showing like per month and some per week and some even per class. Okay. And you know, a lot of people are doing this up nice. Like it, it, it looks nice and it feels like, Oh, this is the right thing to do. Look how cool this looks on my wall. But the problem is that the client has zero context on what those numbers mean. So number one, those numbers are going to be higher than a normal gym. And without that context, what they're comparing you against is like global gym. So they look at the wall and they're like, oh, one session, 12 bucks. I can afford to come to two sessions a month or I can go to the global gym for 30 days, right? And that's just because you haven't told them what they need or they don't understand what your service is yet. The other thing that it can do is paralyze people out of making a decision. The science from this really goes way back to like the art of persuasion days and all the testing that's gone on in, in the advertising and marketing world basically says like you can only present three options at a time and no more. And I started writing about this 10 years ago because back then when somebody came in, I did show them the whole price sheet. Okay. So here's your options for CrossFit. Here's your options for personal training. Plus we have open gym. Plus we have these specialty programs. It would take me like four minutes just to read them the list. Well, of course, nobody signed up for anything because A, I didn't clearly say this is the one that you need. And B, there were so many choices that they were overwhelming. People don't make the wrong choice when you give them too many choices. They make no choice. And so giving people just a big a field of options to choose from is going to stop them from making any decision. It's far better to take an action and have it be wrong than to take no action at all. And you're sabotaging yourself by giving your clients a reason to not take action. You guys who have been through the incubator, you know, you built your sales binder. You can go back to the incubator right now and look at that if you don't have one yet. Basically, what happens with the sales binder is you qualify them, you figure out exactly what they need, and then you prescribe them, this is the best plan for you. If they say, I can't afford that, or I just, I'm not going to get there four times a week, no problem. Then here's the second best option for you. But what you're never doing is giving people all these choices without any kind of context. You're the coach, tell them what they need to do and tell them how much it costs. Okay. So number one is you're displaying your pricing without context. The number two thing that you might be doing to sabotage yourself is forecasting your budgets onto your clients. And I still see this a lot. So for example, a really common like meme or, or you know, Instagram post is even, you know, for the price of a latte, you could afford a CrossFit membership. 
This is a problem because even though the math works out, you're suggesting that people have to choose between one or the other. And people who can afford CrossFit do not have to decide between CrossFit and a latte. Okay, you're selling a premium service. Most of my clients would not only come in with an expensive coffee for themselves, they would probably bring me one if they did, right? So you, your clients are not choosing between an expensive coffee or like BMW and your, your business. It drives me a little bit nuts when I hear a gym owner say something like, oh, they told me they couldn't afford it and then they got in their Mercedes. I mean, we all know that value is a completely subjective measure. Nobody is, is breaking down their car payment by the day and saying, is this worth more than my health? What they're doing is they're saying, I love this car. I don't love that thing. I'm willing to pay for this and not for that. So when you project your budget onto your clients, you limit what you prescribe them. And it actually becomes a little bit facetious. I'll give you an example from my own life. When I was selling personal training, especially when I was a brand new personal trainer, I couldn't have afforded to pay for personal training myself. I didn't have enough money. There's no way. I couldn't have afforded to pay for like one session a month. That's how tight things were. And so when it came time for me to ask the client for money or to say like, hey, your package is due or you know, you're two weeks behind in your payment, I couldn't do it because I thought that those clients were choosing between paying for their mortgage that week and paying for personal training because that's what I was doing. Right? That's, that's how I was balancing my checkbook mentally. But those people weren't. They weren't choosing between groceries and, and gym time. So I really held myself back. And, and what's even worse is that many times a client who needed to come and see me four times a week would be told twice a week because I didn't want to lose the sale. And I, I thought it would be better to get like something than nothing. And so I would kind of like lowball what they would have to do because I thought that would match their budget. What was I basing that on? Nothing except my own poor filters. And so the second way that most people are sabotaging their business is they're taking their low budget and they're projecting it onto their clients. The third thing, and this is something that unfortunately came up three times in the last 24 hours. I can't believe it. The third thing that you're doing to sabotage your business is you're attacking other businesses instead of building your own. Now, look, guys, it is tempting as hell when somebody posts something that is completely wrong or they, they post an attack. OK, you know, some some guy that I don't think knows any better made a, a YouTube video yesterday and he said that mentors are bad and, and business owners shouldn't have mentorship. And immediately everybody in this group was like, that, that's not right. You know? and, and I would be the first one to say that. That's not, it's just not true. Any industry professional that you listen to is going to say, here's my mentor. Anyway, it's not worth even going down that road. But my point is that you can't build your business by attacking other people. What this gentleman should have done was said, here's my experience. I can sell this to you or I can make it available to you or whatever he's selling. But that doesn't mean you have to say that this other way is BS, which is what he did. It's going to be very tempting for most of you big hearted helping first two brainers. It's going to be very tempting to strike back. You might not be the initiator of the attack, but you might be attacked. And when that happens, it might be very tempting for you to argue online. Okay. Here's what I want you to remember. Number one, people are smart. Your clients recognize when your behavior is taking the high road online. They know when you're better and you're not the only one that sees that that person is lying, okay? You're not the only one that recognizes that they're a snake. Other people see that too. The people who don't recognize a snake for a snake are not the clients that you want in your business anyway. 
these people are doing you a favor. They're filtering out the clients that you don't want for you, the, the clients that you can't afford to expend your emotion on and, and that you, you can't invest care in. They're filtering those people out. So if somebody in your gym market is attracted to the gym that's all about loud, gangster rap, and let's throw down, bro, and post you know pictures of our crazy bleeding hands all over the internet because we're hardcore, all that stuff, then that's great. You don't have to correct them. You don't have to say, that's not what CrossFit is about, or even you're scaring people. What you can say is, hey, if that's not for you, come to our gym, because we're not like that. What those people are going to do is they're going to filter out the crazies for you. All the crazies are going to go to that gym and just kind of stay out of your wavelength, all right? The danger of wrestling with a pig is that you're just going to get dirty, and the pig's going to like it. So be thankful that that's your competition, because they're probably barring the way for a better competitor to come into your market. All right. And this is something that I repeat to myself almost daily. Okay. So to recap here, you are sabotaging your own business, you know, maybe one of these three ways, and we've got a few more to go first by displaying your prices without context. That's a huge mistake. That's why we do a no sweat intro and we follow the prescriptive model. Second, you're placing your budget onto clients. We've all been guilty of this. Third, you're attacking other businesses instead of building your own. The fourth way that you're sabotaging your business and your progress is that you're trying to do too many things. So you can't build a website while you're you know, raising rates and designing a t-shirt and you're coaching classes. You just don't have the mental bandwidth. You also don't have the raw brain power to do it. So here's the way that your brain works. You're, there's no such thing as multitasking in your brain, guys. I want you all to know that. There's single tasking and there's task switching. So what happens when you think you're multitasking or doing two things at a time is you're actually shifting back and forth between one task and the next, but you're burning a ton of calories, literal calories going back and forth between that, right? So think about like, how long could you stand here in your sock feet? I'm, I'm going to stand here for the next two hours talking. Okay. But what if I had to stand here and then I had to stand here and I kept switching back every 12 seconds? Well, over two hours, I'd start to get pretty tired. Be like, 19.6 in here, you know, and that's what's happening in your brain. So when you're trying to do multiple things at once, not only are you getting less done, but you're getting more fatigued with less results and you're doing poor quality work. And that's really the value of a mentor. So a lot of you guys know that over the last two years, I've spent easily $150,000 on mentors and I, I love learning from these people and I love taking what they teach me and giving it to you guys too. And, you know, maybe that means translating into your specific example or whatever. It's awesome. I've had some mentors who have worked on very huge companies, people who are already retired, people who are very wealthy, people who are regarded as experts. None of them has ever given me one single good idea. I think that's important. The job of a high level mentor is not to be an idea factory. Now, if you're desperate and you say, I'm out of ideas, I'm stuck, I'm paralyzed, I don't know what to do, mentor, what do I do? They're probably going to be able to give you one good thing to do that month, okay? But how many of you listening to this right now have ever gotten on a call with a mentor and said, I, don't, I got nothing to do, I don't know what to do this month? I'm going to bet it's not, okay? If, if you have, by all means, make a comment here or, or send me an email later, the point is that there are so many great ideas out there. You know, there are hundreds of, of good ideas online every day and dozen great ones, and, and you could do all of them, but you can't. So a mentor's job more than 
than ever before is really to be a filter and help you get some clarity on what you should be doing today, this week, next month, and guiding you to that one thing, and then having a plan to take on the next most important thing. So Dan Martell, Marcy Swenson, you know, these are people uh, who mentor me for sixty dollars to $100,000 a year. We get on a call and it's always, what can I get rid of? What should I not be working on right now? What's distracting me from getting this thing done? And that works. That's really what's taken TwoBrain to 12X within three years is just focusing on that one thing at a time and paying a mentor to make me do that. So the fourth thing you're doing to sabotage your business is you're trying to do too many things. The fifth thing is you're not having enough conversations. Now, this seems funny because we are now like wrapped in a literal web of communication all the time. We have communication pathways over. There's never quiet in our lives anymore, right? Like even as this is open, I forgot to turn notifications off. So I've got email notifications popping up. I've got text. I've got Slack with my team. I've got Facebook messenger coming at me. I've got Facebook notifications coming at me. If I had like Instagram on my, on my laptop, uh, I start to see those things too. We're never turned off. We're never out of reach, but we communicate less than we ever have before. So I want to give you the hierarchy of communication here because I want you to focus on communicating and having conversations instead of texting, replying, or just sending media out there, okay? The real purpose, guys, of affinity marketing is to get you meeting people face-to-face and talking to them. That's a skill that we're actually losing. You know, our parents were better at making new friends than we are. Our grandparents were better at starting conversations with strangers than we are. A lot of people from other countries where there's less technology are amazing at asking for help, direction. You know, we suck at it because all of our interaction comes through this screen. And so most of our our interaction is actually one way. And then we wait for, you know, something to come back, maybe a reply. What I want you to practice more is having these these in-person conversations. All right. So here's the hierarchy of communication. And it's important to know, especially in times of trouble or in times of stress, or if you're having a confrontation with somebody, it's important for you to level up in communication as quickly as you possibly can. Never, ever get into a fight over text message. Never. If you have the slightest indication that somebody is reading your email wrong, taking it out of context or misunderstanding your point or reading more into it than you've written or ascribing some kind of emotion that you didn't mean to have, you immediately call them. Okay. Get rid of all of that. There are many, many, many times when I haven't spoken to somebody for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and I start to question them a little bit more than I should. You know, I'm texting them every day, but I'm also thinking like, well, what's that guy doing right now? You know, or what do you mean by that? And I start to spot trends that don't actually exist. When I get them on the phone, that's all over with. So here's the hierarchy. First of all, face-to-face with a person is best. Second, face-to-face over video is better than on the phone. As far as our brains are concerned, you know, I'm standing right in front of you right now. And I I wish I could see all of you and and we could have this face-to-face conversation. So face-to-face in person is best. Face-to-face over video is, is better than the phone. But the phone is better than text. Text is better than email. And email is better than nothing. So if you can't get somebody to meet you face-to-face, and if you can't get them on the phone and, you, you know, the text isn't working, an email is still better than saying nothing. You need to communicate more. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much time you spend communicating. You need to do it more. All right. The sixth 
thing that you're doing to sabotage your business is you're sending the wrong message personally. Okay. Now this is going to be the hardest one for a lot of you guys to hear. And you know, it, it probably would be for me too. If you greet a client and you say our price is $250 and you just finished your workout and you know, they see you know, there's your towel and, and there's your, your sweat stain on the floor, sweat angel. And you still got some chalk in your hands, or maybe you've got like a callus that you keep playing with while you're talking to them. Hats on backwards, tap out tattoo across your cheek, whatever. They are not going to buy a $250 service from you. I'm sorry. If you don't look like the provider of a $250 an hour service, then they are not going to buy a $250 an hour service from you. So one of the questions that Josh Martin has been asking questions, uh, you know, asking a lot lately is first, what would you pay $250 for in a gym? And it's funny because when he's talking to gym owners, you know, so people who own gyms and they're trying to sell a $250 service, he'll say, what would you pay for this worth 250 bucks in a gym? And they say nothing. It is going to be impossible to sell something that you don't believe in enough to pay for yourself. Now, it could be that you don't have $250. That's okay. Your client will believe, will think that you don't believe in it enough to pay for it. That will shine through. So if you are trying to sell something that's a, a, a high ticket item and you don't look the part, and you couldn't afford it yourself, the deck is stacked against you, okay? Nobody is going to just throw money at you on faith. So the first exercise I would like you to do is ask yourself what service you visit or pay for that costs $250 an hour or more. Is that teeth cleaning? Is that visiting the optometrist? Is that having your taxes done? Then I want you to think, how do these people look? What's their language like? How do they behave? You know, What do I encounter when I walk in their front office? What kind of environment do I expect to be put in? If I visited the optometrist and I heard, you know, really loud, heavy metal music when I walked in and everybody was kind of talking amongst themselves and nobody came over to to talk to me. And then finally we sat down. The optometrist was like, oh, sorry, that, that was a brutal workout. Sorry about that. And he's mixing a protein shake or something. I'm really going to question whether this is a professional place that I'm buying my glasses from. Okay. Now guys, you are not in the realm of these gym rats that are working for $13 an hour training people at the YMCA. You are a professional. You need to adopt the habits of other professionals at your level. And if your level is charging $250 a month for your service, then you need to look at other people who are charging that month for or that much per month for your service and you need to do what they do because they already own the signals of trust right they they've built totems like professional looking offices and they they wear professional clothing and yeah they probably have some tattoos somewhere but you know it's not everywhere and there's no like tap out tattoo across their forehead or whatever they're probably taking their hat off before they talk to you or at least they're turning it around uh, you know what i mean they're taking care and they're thinking about the image that they present. All right. So guys, I'd like to go through like $250 hair color and cut a V to T at check-in hot towel to wipe your hands in the waiting room. Great experience. Absolutely. The only person getting paid that much is my doctor. And that experience is shit. Find a new doctor. You know, your interpretation of that experience. Would you expect that level of experience? If that person was charging $50 an hour, maybe like this exercise could work backwards, right? And um, also, you know, I'm part of the Canadian healthcare system. It doesn't matter what the doctors are getting paid. Every experience is shit. So, you know, part of this, guys, is like, think about the professionals that you visit who take cash for their services, who are an entrepreneur like you, 
And I think what you'll find is that there are, there are different lines of behavior between the $50 a month service, the $250 a month service, and the $2,500 service. Okay. So to reiterate, guys, how you're sabotaging yourself, and I really encourage you now to, to share some experiences here. The first way that I think a lot of gym owners are sabotaging themselves right now is they're displaying their prices without context. Number two is you're, you're projecting your budget onto your clients. You think that they want what you want and they can pay what you pay. Number three is you're attacking other businesses instead of building your own. Number four is that you're trying to do too many things today. Number five is you're not having enough face-to-face conversations with people. And number six is you're sending the wrong message. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you all a love letter on Wednesday with step-by-step guides on how to do each one of these things, including like filter and have hard conversations and all that stuff. But I'd love if you guys, I'm going to introduce a slightly different topic just for discussion. And I had this discussion with John Franklin on the weekend, maybe on Friday. If you don't know him, John's the head of Two Brain Marketing. John says, and we were talking about websites, John made a very compelling argument for not listing your services on your website. And John's point was this. If you're a Two Brain gym, you know that you're the coach, that you're going to tell the client what they need. You're not going to leave it up to the client to guess. And so why would you list CrossFit, CrossFit Light, Bootcamp, CrossFit Kids, personal training, nutrition on your website? What you're asking people to do is try and figure out for themselves what they need and prescribe the solution themselves. John's argument was clients should book a consultation, talk about their goals, and then you tell them the answer instead of saying, here's our menu. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Because the more I thought about it this weekend, the more I started to think, man, he's right. And while I still believe there's some value in explaining you know, through our website that you can train with us in a group, you can train with us one-on-one, you can call it a six-week challenge if you want to or not, I also believe that it's really our job as a coach in the prescriptive model to tell people what they need to do, and, and that's why they're coming to us. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that, guys, if you can. So Sherman says, I have my prices up, but I've been wanting to take them down. I agree with John. So John's saying it's not taking down your prices. It's taking down your list of services that you offer. You know, the price thing, guys, I mean, I I don't think showing all your prices is definitely a mistake. Having some prices on your website depends, you know, what level of entrepreneurship you're in, really. If you're in the founder phase and you just need to get your reps in talking to people and you need some practice, you know, having people in front of you and talking about your service and you've got all kinds of time, then no, don't put your, your prices on your website. You know, let people come in and have that conversation, be prescriptive, get comfortable. If you're in the farmer phase and you need more clients because now you're growing a team and, and you've got some options around personal training and groups and stuff, I, I wouldn't put my prices on my website. Again, you need to get your reps in. You want to have lots of conversations. If though you're doing two brain marketing and you're getting like 30 or 40 leads booking no sweat intros a month and the price objection is coming up a lot, then yeah, you put your prices on your website to pre-filter people. And if you're in, you know, my phase, which is Tinker and you don't have time to be doing no sweat intros for people who are just never going to sign up, then absolutely remove that objection in advance and put your, put your prices up. So, you know, I, depending on where you are, that might or might not be a mistake. Yeah. So Brooks made a great point here. And what Brooks says is that you could change your website from a menu to a story that people want to be a part of. And actually, I think Brooks, you do a great job of this, man. If anybody, especially is watching your social media, I don't think I've seen a single picture from Brooks gym where people aren't smiling, you know, and I think you probably do that on purpose, right, man? Everybody's having fun. You know, everybody seems to be having like 
just a great time. But there's also this kind of like story going on in the background. You know who else is great at this is Mike Warkington. Mike tells a story on social media every single day. And, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes there's a lesson in that story. Sometimes it's just something that's funny. Sometimes it's pictures, sometimes it's text. You know, this is why this guy's like the founder of Two Brain Media. Try to force coaches to, to fill certain roles rather than allowing them to organically fill in according to their perfect day. That is a great one. And, you know, I was, I made that mistake probably for 10 consecutive years. So you're, you're way ahead of me there. And what you basically, what you're basically saying is you have all these things that need to be done. Okay. Cleaning is one, for example, and we are going to tell all of our coaches that if you're coaching the last class of the night at nine o'clock, you will take out the garbage and you will mop, right? You're, you're forcing them to do this role. They signed up maybe even for free to coach your classes and you're forcing them to do something that you hate doing yourself. Definitely, definitely a huge problem. If you're just telling stories about people changing their lives through fitness, I think you got it. And a, a clear call to action. Hey, you want to, you want to book a no sweat intro, you know, put your name in this form or uh, you want to hear more from us. We're going to, we're going to send you love letters every single day. All right. Uh, here's one. We opened up a new class time specifically for a couple because we were afraid they wouldn't join. They ended up showing up one time for their time slot and were gone a couple of weeks later. And then a little poop emoji. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I've done that, you know. Oh, these, these two women want to come at 9 a.m. And they have lots of friends and they're going to talk about us to everyone. We're going to have a brand new class time. And then what happens is you wind up training one or two of those women for $12 a session you know, for three months and then you're, you know, you need the money. So you're scared to cancel that session because then they'll leave. And like, why can't I get more women to come at 9am who are just like this? And, you know, the answer is it's 9am. <laughs> All their friends have jobs except for, you know, so yeah, I mean, that that's a really common issue too, is people focus on selling group training instead of selling fitness coaching. I'm sure I know exactly what you would do right now, man. You would instead say, yeah, we can make a personal training session at that time if that's what you want to do. All right. Now, guys, don't be scared to share mistakes that you've made. I have made so many that they have filled three books, literally. And every day I think of more like, oh, yeah, that was dumb. Why did I do that? Really, even the six lessons that I taught I talked about today, you know, how you're sabotaging your business. I have a very specific example of me doing each one of those things in the past, you know, attacking a competitor. Stupid. My, my best clients told me how wrong I was, you know, putting way too much stuff on my website. I mean, years ago, guys, you would go on the catalystgym.com website and you would see 30 different options on there. That's crazy. Not literally 30, but probably 15, you know, that's insane. No wonder people didn't want to join you would see all kinds of stuff here. Like I would finish my workout. I would sit down with a protein shake in front of them, sweaty. Like, yeah, these guys are going to appreciate my intensity. No, no, they're not. Um, you know, I would try to resolve problems with my staff through email. That was crazy. It just made things worse. And of course, I always try to do too many things, but that's why uh, I pay a mentor to keep me out of that. So guys, hopefully... You are not making any of these mistakes, but realistically, I think most people are making at least one. Uh, I hope this list helps some of you. And if it doesn't, or if you have questions, you can bring it up on your mentor call this month and let your mentor talk you through uh, this mistake and how to correct it. Because honestly, you can take little steps 
to make your gym better. You can recruit one new member at a time. But if one of these things is really going on, then you're putting huge roadblocks in your way and you'd be better off removing those roadblocks than forcing on, you know, than focusing on making the road straighter or even building a bigger highway. So thanks for paying attention here, guys. Hopefully this helped. We'll see you next week. Hey, everyone. Chris Cooper here. I'm really thrilled to see you this year in June in Chicago at the 2019 Two Brain Summit. Every year we have two separate speaking tracks. There's one for you, the business owner, and there's one for coaches that will help them make better, longer, more meaningful careers under the umbrella of your business. This year we've got some pretty amazing topics like the client success manager, how to change your life, organizational culture, the business owner's life cycle, how to have breaks, how to have vacations, how to help your marriage survive owning a business, motivation and leadership, how to convert more clients, how to create a GM position that runs your gym for you and leaves you free to grow your business, uh, how to start a business owner's group in your community and more. The point here is to do the right thing that will help gym owners create better businesses that will last them for the long term, get them to tinker phase, help them be more successful, create meaningful careers with their coaches and give their clients a meaningful path to long-term health. We only do one big seminar every year, and that's the Two Brain Summit. And the reason that we do that is because a big part of the benefit is getting the Two Brain community together and, and welcoming strangers into our midst and showing them how amazing gym ownership really can be. We'll have a link to the Two Brain Summit, including a full list of all speakers and topics on both the owners and the coaches side in the show notes. I really hope to see you there. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We greatly appreciate you and everyone that has subscribed to us. If you haven't done that, please make sure you do. Drop a like to the episode, share with a friend, and if you haven't already, please write us a review and rate us on how what you think. If you hated it, let us know. If you loved it, even better. See you guys later.